At the recent ASH meeting on hematologic malignancies, you discussed how you treat patients with CML who don't respond to initial TKI therapy. What led you to focus on this particular topic? So we talk often about how to treat CML and and what to choose for first line, but really we don't often focus um, on what to do for our patients that don't respond to first line therapy. And there's not um, very clear guidance as to how to move forward to additional tyrosine kinase inhibitors. And so it was a good um, topic to both review the basics of tyrosine kinase inhibitors and their side effect profiles and um, to provide some guidance to clinicians that may struggle with this question in their office. What are the possible real-world applications of your findings regarding TKI use in the first and second-line settings for patients with CML? Well, I think in CML, we're fortunate to have very clear guidelines about, you know, with the drugs that we can use in first line and second line. But sometimes, no matter how much you read, you can't find real-world advice about how to choose one drug or another or when to choose a new drug or, or how you should pick your next line of therapy. And sometimes it's, it's just helpful to go over that in a more interactive way and, and by somebody that is familiar with treating CML um, in the clinic. And so I think CML is a, although it's not the most common disease, patients live with this for a very long time. And so most oncologists, even if they don't treat primarily blood cancers, will see CML patients in their clinic. And because of the excellent outcomes that these patients have, it's important to be able to manage them well to ensure that they do have these outcomes. And so having the opportunity to discuss more challenging scenarios of uh, how to manage some of the toxicities and um, how to choose the tyrosine kinase inhibitors for CML patients is really important, especially now that we have more than one drug available. Before, when we used to just have imatinib, well, it didn't really matter um, that patients maybe had side effects or not. There wasn't that much to pick from. But now that we have four drugs to choose from, it may be difficult to know what what, um, agent to select at first and how to move from one agent to another. What are the most common salvage therapies used in patients with CML who don't respond to or who become resistant to available TKI therapies? So it really depends on why patients didn't respond to the first drug that they were given. In CML, we are fortunate to have four drugs that are approved for first line, and any of those four drugs can be used for second or third line. And then we have an additional drug, panatinib, that can be used if all of the frontline drugs fail or if patients have a specific mutation that makes them resistant to the other drugs. And so if patients fail TKI therapy because of uh, intolerance, meaning they have side effects that simply cannot be managed, then they can switch to any of the other available tyrosine kinase inhibitors. And the next tyrosine kinase inhibitor that's given should be chosen based on their side effect profile to see if this is more manageable and sustainable for patients long-term. Because remember, patients that have CML need to take these medications indefinitely. And so a big part of managing CML in the office is really helping patients manage their side effects. Now, if patients fail a drug because of lack of response, then it's important to investigate why that happened. And so in those scenarios, we check what's called an ABLE1 kinase mutational analysis, where we test to see if there are any mutations that have developed in the Philadelphia chromosome or the BCR ABLE protein to see if we can target our therapy based on specific mutations. So we know that there are some mutations that are resistant to each of the different TKIs. 
and then you know the next therapy should be chosen depending on what um, mutations are found.